You're tuned into Office Hours for now. Broadcasting live from the town of the crowd. The sneakers of on, breaking down the saga tough. Distribution and creation of the prize we lust. The reasoning behind why sneakerheads can find it tough. To try to find a pair, not kind of fair, it's life and thus. Applying your research to track down Oz's wizard. Artificial scarcity making the fucking bitter. We love shoes, but the game changed so fast. I miss the days of rocking my Nike Moabs. Don't ask. Trust the reseller platforms. Now those who love kicks are holding hats torn. The game changed and the feeling felt that scorn. But wonder stocks running off with some facts form. So tune in to the Office Hours podcast to follow up on all that passion, not that hot trash. You were tuned in to Office Hours. Subscribe, like, share, review, and all that. Good afternoon, comrades. I'm your master of ceremonies, Shuf Cohen. And if you didn't notice, you are tuned to Office Hours with the sneaker savant. We got a bunch of random shit for today. We're doing logo press plates. How many dunks is too many dunks? The shoe surgeon's first shoes, the organic materials savant, and the release of Air Max packs. I'm here with the sneaker savant who officially has too many irons in the forge. Hey, you got a lot going on, homie. Yeah, I know. Just a lot of stuff. It's the, and then the card release tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, moving. Uh, obviously, the, the the podcast, the newsletter, did trivia night with sneaker history guys last night, which was which was pretty funny because they did nice. a, they did like a quiz on Air Maxes and I mean I don't even know if I was in like the top five and it was terrible. <laughs> Trivia always gets me, man. Being put on the spot, I'm like I don't know anything. Uh, never mind, don't ask me. Anyway, these were, I mean, they, they were just really tough questions. Like, I mean, I can't tell you the name of more than probably three designers at Nike. Same. Know, let alone the designer of. Uh, you know, the, the air unit in a tailwind. <laughs> it's just oh, you kinda... mean that's not common sneaker knowledge? Well, dude, some people got it, you know, which True. is great. I mean, I guess that that makes sense in the sneaker history, you know, in the sneaker history discord. Uh, those dudes are, I mean, they're awesome. I, I really like all the guys that are really, you know, supportive and nice. I mean, with my last, um, well, actually, you know, sneaker history is run by Nick Angball. Um and he really helped me with the first set, the Kobe set. Yeah. And uh, he, he kind of put me on. He put me on that podcast, I think. I don't know. I, I made a lot of sales just through the sneaker history, through that podcast episode. And then when I was in the Discord, you know, just talking to dudes, I mean, like, for the second set, I mean, I can't, I can't even fathom how many people from the sneaker history Discord purchased the, the dunk sets, you know, and they were really yeah. So oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and I think sneaker history is probably a bit more, they're a bit more supportive, I think, than like the people that I kind of mess with. Sure, yeah, a lot of people are fickle these days. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, like, like we're looking at, you know, my you, you probably saw my, my um, Instagram stories the last couple of days. Like I post about the cards and, you know, supposedly 14,444 uh, followers. I got 35 likes on on my my cards which is just fucking crazy because like i make a post about a fake shoe and i get like a thousand likes and like a hundred fucking comments and then i go out and i create a trading card set and i get 35 likes and that's it yep it's like what the fuck man come on like i i don't know really frustrating 
No, I'm looking at the, uh, you mentioned like, yo, what do I got to do? Post Kanye with the cards? And like, that's like the most popular one. You know, almost 400 likes on a post about Kanye, realistically. Well, that was, fu- that was, that was kind of funny though. Cause I was, I was, I loved the, it. I was at the park with my kids and I'm like, what do I got to do? Post Travis Scott. And then I was like, huh, I could just do that real quick. And then I put it together in a, you know, 30 seconds and I threw it up there. And sure enough, I got more likes on the Travis Scott post than I got, you know, I got more than double in half the amount of time. So. It's even so your, sorry go on even the penis shaped rocket ship posted better yeah i mean dude it's it's funny how likes have become like this current this this type of currency like it really it's, odd. Like, it's so i hate i mean before i was on instagram i used to think it was the most absurd thing in the world to talk about likes like like quantify likes but yeah i mean in in this particular case these translate into real world uh, dollars and I don't have to go through a I mean I guess I am kind of going through a, a third middleman which is Instagram themselves but I mean it, it's funny how just like social media has kind of upended the world of middlemen yeah absolutely I mean, I mean, even you know the, the the irony being that they're kind of a middleman themselves <laughs> just a different kind of middleman yeah you're absolutely right man so what did you want to tackle today? Do you want to hit a few uh, hit a few of the Instagram posts and then do some role reversal? Yeah, I was thinking uh, that'd probably be best. I didn't write anything down, but just you know, just basic conversation stuff. Just because. Yeah, think absolutely. A few people. I mean, our numbers are through the roof. If you took a look, I took a look on Anchor FM today to see our numbers through the roof. Yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> um. A lot, I, I, I know a lot of people and they're like, well, I know enough about you. What what about uh, your host? So, hey, what about home there? What's he up to? Yeah, we'll ask a few questions about Shoof. Yeah, hell yeah. Just to, just to get into that. All right. So, um, yeah, why don't we do a few of the Instagram posts first? Let me see what what do you got. Did you pull any, any comments out or anything like that throughout the week? Well, I, um, I've been mostly kind of just caught up with this fucking FedEx thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> But um, as far as the post go, like it's it's very card centric, and that's great because the release is what tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so that's super awesome. Um, I want to talk quickly about the stamps, the leather stamps. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at that one right now too. Perfect. Let's go into that. So people that don't uh, know what we're talking about here, you could reference a post about the H twelve factory that they're showing some uh, photos and kind of like how to use leather stamps for the wings logo the cactus jack smiley face and the fragment lightning bolt logo oh you think that's a smiley face is it smiling that one is smiling (laughs) looks like like jack skeleton or whatever from uh it does yeah this guy is definitely um he has a good smirk on his face it is not not sad like uh like sad boy rapper man right for sure this I don't know. I just thought these things look kind of cool, but I mean, the more you think about it, the more that this just sounds like bullshit, right? I mean, I looked it up. I mean, and somebody sent me this too, but like, if you just Google on, you know, if you just look on AliExpress, if you look on Etsy, you look on Amazon, you look on eBay, you look on uh, any of these websites, you can get your own press plates made for, for nothing. I mean, Mm -hmm. how do you actually, how 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 are you going to tell me that these particular ones are direct from the factory? I mean, I, why? Number one, why would they give you them? 
or why would you get them directly from it's not like they're going to stop making jordan ones with the wings right. off. it's not like they're going to stop doing fragment uh you know fragment collabs and it's not like they're going to stop doing travis scott uh smiley face um stamps like why would somebody at the original factory give you these i don't get it right you think maybe they got extras yeah, i mean maybe or maybe like the person who created them for the original factory created them for them i i don't know but like again you could get these on i mean you could get these online i could, I could order one right now for like 12 bucks right right long story back. short it's not hard no it, it i mean like i'll i got caught up in the hype too just looking at the pictures and thinking wow that's kind of cool pictures because you don't really see stuff like that very often and right. if you look in the background i mean you can see a whole shitload of them in the background right so mm -hmm. like a picture you can see a bunch of them kind of on the floor or, or, or down a little bit lower um and i do kind of wonder how they how they stamp these on there right how do they put these on there i mean it, does somebody actually do this with their hand because that's the way he's making it look like I, I, I highly doubt anyone just puts this there on, you know, by their hand. I don't know. No, it should be a machine. So realistically, like when you go to stamp chrome tanned leather, which is mostly what's used for shoes. Chrome you, tanned? Chrome tanned, yes, versus vegetable tanned or veg tan. Uh, veg tan is the kind of leather that you'll see people carving and like getting that nice burnished look and that patina and it, you know, it changes color with age and this and that. That's going to be your vegetable tan leather. Um, and chrome leather is more what's used for handbags and shoes and clothing and such like that because it's it's usually thinner. It comes in more bold and vibrant colors. So when you go to stamp chrome tanned leather, you need a shit ton of force. I got plenty of leather stamps uh, kicking around because I, I hobby it out for a while with uh, trying to try my hand at shoes. Okay. And so I have a few of these these vegetable tan leather stamps sitting around and you have to first of all you have to smack the shit out of those to get them to go into the veg tan but using that on a chrome tan piece of leather was practically impossible it wouldn't it wouldn't leave a dent the uh the leather kept bouncing back so i'm right. thinking it's more like a pneumatic pressure type deal you have to keep it pressed for with a lot of pressure for at least a few minutes well um, it's heat right it needs a heat source it seems that would make it work even better and and yeah it's seeming that yeah when you're done you kind of are left with that branded look almost like they brand cows well how come um i mean like it does, i i don't know but like looking at these pictures like does that look like something that they would actually put in a fire i mean these look brand new they look clean they look like they were just created like yeah no these don't get heated at all this this has to be or at least not based on their look like you're saying they do look absolutely brand new i don't think these would be heated for any reason i think that they would kind of just have a fuck ton of pressure just clamp down and leave it like that for a while and then the leather gets stuck that way because you compressed it for so long and then somebody actually paints like for the wings somebody actually paints that it would you could easily have a, a a stenciling machine that does that just pop the shoe under there goes Psst. it's all good i see interesting and it, i mean obviously it would be off-centered every once in a while when people mm -hmm. are trying to sit there and say oh this one's fake because the the j is slightly skewed to the <laughs> left like nah just it's just another one of these these things that happens in a regular shoe production yeah can you tell guys that we're uh 
we're kind of sick of telling you that these are handmade items and they are going to vary. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> if you look at these pictures too, you see the the guy. I mean, the guy's fingernails are even kind of messed up. So I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, so so yeah, these things are going to have some kind of issues. I mean, that's the dumbest reason I've ever given so far. But like, no, that was amazing. Yeah, these these are just they're not perfect. They're never going to be perfect. As long as they're you know assembled by hand by hundred different people putting them through, they're just not going to be perfect. So then go back to your chrome tan leather. So. Um, I went to Morocco and in Morocco, they have, uh, this place where they, uh, it's, it's almost like where they just, they make leather. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it was the, the leather tannery. They just called it the leather tannery mm -hmm. in Morocco. Uh, and that's what you're talking about for Chrome. Is that right? Yeah. It's essentially. Yeah. That's how, I mean, I would assume that something like that's a little more, uh, how do I say this? Um, I have no idea how to say it. Lower tech. Right. Um, I mean, it's just these big fucking barrels of, of, I mean, it smells like death everywhere, but it's just these big barrels of, it looks like big barrels of dye and maybe some kind of acid or something like that. And you're saying that this is chrome tannery, chrome. Yes, that is chrome tanned leather. From so what if, I understand, that's chrome tan leather. So take a look. If you just Google uh, leather tannery Morocco in Fez, uh, the smell, it's just, it's so horrendous, but you could actually see how they make some of these different colored leathers. And uh, I mean, it, it's like you said a second ago, it is decidedly very low tech. I mean, it's just, it's like bowls full of disgusting paints and acids and whatnot. Leather juice. Yeah. The um, So I have that one pair of uh, veggie tan, um, they're like the the first shoes that shoe surgeon actually created uh it's a pair of it was a pair of white on white van skate highs uh and he put some veggie tan leather on top of it and the veggie tan leather is hard as a rock and it's mm -hmm. really um the shoes feel like i mean they feel terrible uh like <laughs> I, I put them on because they're my size and i tried to walk with them but they really felt like i like i had a almost like ski boots on, you know, like that wooden feel, like you mm -hmm. can't really move your, you can't really move your uh, ankles around. You can't roll them around. And I found those at a thrift store, uh, $18 in San Jose. Uh, they say the shoe surgeon X life SF, I believe, which I think was a tattoo shop. Oh, um, I saw, I remember you posting these a while back. Yeah. I posted them. And what was hilarious was that uh, somebody hit me up in the DMS about them. Um, and he was saying he worked on them with this shoe surgeon. And then this shoe surgeon hit me up in the DMs and asked me how much uh, I wanted, how much I wanted for that pair. And I was like, well, I don't know, make me an offer, dude. And he's all, well, uh, I'll give you $18 since that's what you paid. And I was just thinking like, <laughs> okay, this is coming from the dude who sells $100,000 pair of shoes. I have your very first fucking pair of shoes you ever created. And you're, you're offering me $18 for them. He wants to destroy it, I bet. I don't, I, he might. What he told me he wanted to do, he wanted to use them for his class and show people the mistakes he made on his first couple pairs of shoes. And I did some more research after that. I looked up, uh, he did a review, uh, interview with Jeff Staple on the business of hype. And um, he actually talks about that pair. He talks about how he got a bunch of pairs of white on white um, vans as his first, as one of the first pairs he ever did and how bad they came out. And I mean, like, like you look at them and there's definitely, 
flaws and the glue is sloppy. And like I said, they feel like fucking ski boots, but, um, you know, it is that veg, that veg tan leather. And I was thinking, you know, if I wore these every day for the next three years, they might get that desired look, you know, that desired feel if something else doesn't happen to them first. Right. But it it was, it's interesting that I remember I, I, I showed him when he sent me that message, I didn't totally know how to respond because it was like, you know, I, I could definitely benefit from this guy's exposure. Mm-hmm. So I showed it to a couple of people who are like really well-known in the industry. Um, I don't really want to out them right now, but I was like, sure. Yo, what do you think about this? And one guy was like, if I see this fucking guy, I'm swinging on him for you. <laughs> yes. That's what one dude said to me. <laughs> and then the other guy was like, uh, nobody talks to my homies like that. Fuck that guy. You know, and I I was like, I wouldn't say that I'm like confrontational, but like I went back to him and I was like, you know, honestly, man, uh, I'll I'll pass. Thanks for the offer. But like, (laughs) uh, what we could do, why don't you fly me down um, for your, you know, your next class? And then I could give a presentation on, on, on what I look for as a, as a sneaker creator. And uh, he, he. He, he was like, no, I, I think we're okay or something like that. And then uh, he had a bunch of other people hit me up about the shoes, uh, just random friends, I guess, hit me up in the DMs and asked me if they could buy them. And, and they were pretending like they weren't associated with them, but it was like, it was so obvious right? that, uh, you know, these people were trying to buy them for him. So, but anyway, this is the guy, shoe surgeon who just sold a pair of shoes to PJ Tucker for $250,000. Uh, Jordan ones with um, diamond encrusted swoosh or whatever. And he offered me $18 for her, his first pair of shoes. So what a dick. I still have them. I mean, I thought it would just be a cool piece to, to keep. I listed them on eBay for like $500 and they sat for months and nobody bought them. And then uh, some dude hit me up. He's all, man, if I had $500, I would buy these right now. Uh, and nobody knows what these are right now. But if you keep the, keep these for a few years, these are going to be priceless. Like, just take the auction down. And I was like, uh, okay, that's a pretty good point. So I get <laughs> yeah. down. I have them chilling. You know, they're in one of my grill boxes or whatever in the in my uh, sneaker room. But uh, just kind of interesting, especially to see that this guy, you know, how far he's actually come. I mean, he's he's uh, – He's worldwide. I mean, he works with some of the biggest people in the world on, on customized sneakers, so it's interesting. Yeah, he's arguably the the most prolific customizer out there. He's definitely the most well-known and the one that's most well-positioned with working with big brands. Mm, yeah, that's a much better way to word that. Yeah, I, there are people I know who do... Um, I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot of dirt about him, and I don't, I don't really want to spread dirt about anyone, but... Uh, I know people who seem to do way more. Um, they take bigger risks, sure, you know, but they definitely don't get the same kind of accolades and brand partnerships that this guy does. Like I think Nike, you know, gives him some parts. I think they've they've brought him in before. I think he's been in like you know uh, he's done things with LeBron. He's done all these kinds of customizer events with uh, some of these really big names. But anyway, it, when I found them at the time, he wasn't uh, all that popular. Uh, he was like, I, I remember Googling his name and I saw that he had a little thing going and, uh, out of his mom's garage in, in Santa Rosa. Or, yeah, Santa Rosa. 
I think once he did a pair for Will I Am or Justin Bieber for the Grammys or something like that, that's when his, his stock really took off. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I don't know how we got there. Oh, we got there from the, the leather tanneries of Morocco mm-hmm. and then the stamps. So all the way back to the stamps. Uh, if you want to get your own Air Jordan stamps, I had at least 10 people in the DMs asked me where to get their stamps. Uh, and I just sent them an AliExpress link. <laughs> Bingo. I mean, I can't imagine how many people are actually going to start stamping their shit with this. But, you know, if you do, you know, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. Yeah, not too bad, man. You The, the barrier to entries are low. On these ones, yeah. And I wrote in that caption, crazy that the pressure with which these plates are applied is the difference between real and fake, according to a lot of authenticators. Meaning that, especially with the Travis one, if you look at uh, some of the fake pairs of um, Travis, the, the, the Mocha TS1s, um, a lot of people will say that a pair is real or fake based on how deep the uh, stamp goes on um, the leather on the heel, hmm. which I thought was ridiculous. Tiny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Is Nike doing too much with the dunk? Oh, dude, I, I can't believe how many fucking pairs of these I've seen just coming across my timeline. And, uh, you know, even from the, the, the fake manufacturers and, and, um, Asia on WeChat. I mean, like, I, it's just dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk. And I really haven't kept all, I haven't really kept track of these um, after the first 10 since the resurgence. I mean, like, this is exactly what um, killed the dunk hype in the first place, I think, was just, you know, unlimited colorways coming out. And, you know, everyone in the comments, oh, more for me, da da da. da. Yeah, that's what we all said. That's what we all said before there was a time when, you know, you could, uh, buy just about any dunk off the street for a hundred bucks. Right. I mean, I did this thinking about like my Paris, when I sold the Paris's, like I sold those probably at the bottom of the market. Right. Yeah. Do you you ever feel shitty about that? Of course. But I mean, I still made a, you know, like my, my, my dude, Dan Posick used to say to me, Jay, if you're making money, you're doing fine. And I mean, really like I bought them for 25 bucks. I sold them for 1400. Like, at the time, dunks were no one gave a shit about dunks. So I mean, like that was a pretty good fucking price. Oh, incredible for any pair of shoes that most people are not really giving a shit about. I mean, obviously now if you look at it, I just saw uh, PG knows um, he posted a pair of Paris's for a hundred grand, uh, and he you know he he could probably actually get that um, based mm-hmm. on this Sotheby's history now. So uh, I mean, like of course I wish I still had them, but. Then again, would I have sat on them for 10 years? You know what I mean? Would I really have yeah. sat just hoping that they were going to uh, rebound? I mean, at the time I sold them, there was rumors going around that they were going to uh, retro them. Hmm. And like nobody, you know, no one's going to admit this, but like retro kills resale value of the OG. Like yes. any of these, like like no one gives a shit about. I mean, there was a time when, when OG Aqua, Aqua 8s would cost $500. Right. But now you could you could probably get a pair for like 40 bucks. I mean, because they're falling apart. Right. And also because they've retroed them five times or however many times, right. three times. I mean, like, so at the time I was kind of looking at, okay, I could hold on to these uh, and possibly sell them for 40 bucks in five years, or I could sell them right now for a thousand bucks and then they'll be worthless in, you know, in, in a couple of years when they retro them, my thought was never that they'd never retro these again. That was not my thought. Right. So, I mean, yeah. How much could I probably get for them now? I don't know. Twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. I mean, they were pretty, 
they were pretty well used and there was a, a little bit of stains on them. But I mean, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars would have been nice. Honda Civics, man, you could have four of them. I could have four Honda Civics. Could have could have put that down on a house. I mean, you know what we did instead was we actually went to Paris. So you know, it was kind of it's kind of sounds weird. better. Yeah, my wife was very happy with that. Well, you made the right choice then. Mm. Well, I mean, it's not a, it's not the happiness that has lasted through you know the last ten years. It's just that that trip to Paris. She was pretty happy. <laughs> oh yeah, that was it. You're really coasting on that one. Yeah. Still coasting 10 years later. I haven't done anything for her since then. My man. Uh, no, but I think, I mean, yeah, I think this is all kind of part of Nike's plan anyways to kind of kill these off, right? It's, it's you get them super hot for a year or two, and then uh, you start flooding the market, and then you, you, you take a step back for another few years. It's funny. when um, I heard somebody talking about these, and it was like the first time Dunks died. And uh, it was like, yeah, okay. So this is going to be their their – their cycle with dunks really is they're going to bring them back. They're going to get some influencers to wear them. They're going to, you know, drop some really dope shit. And then uh, the cycle is going to move on. Right. Maybe next we'll get, I mean, last time it came around, uh, I think it was, it was, it was like dunks. And then they did some really dope air force one um, collaborations, things with like uh, Miskeen and, and Coogie and, and world cup and uh, Halloween and LeBron and, Air Force Ones were fucking hot for a minute. And then Air Force Ones kind of died out and they went to Air Maxes. And Air Maxes were popping for, you know, the early, uh, mid, mid 2000s. And then they went to Jordans. So, I mean, like, it, the, the good thing about Nike is that they just have this ever fucking evolving, uh, ever revolving door of hot shoes. And uh, they, could, they could pretty much just make whatever they want hot whenever they want to make it hot. They just, yeah plan it out so i think they're doing too much though i mean it's just it's just fucking colorway after colorway after colorway good all you guys are, are finally gonna get your pairs and then by the time you get your pairs you're gonna want something else yeah i mean i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna wait for y'all to hop off the dunk's dick for a minute and then i'll get a couple pairs i've been waiting on and then i'll forget about them too and i'll move on to some other dumbass shoe and buy 800 pairs of those and don't know when to stop and then we'll probably we'll probably see those pairs that we we really really wanted at one point for like forty five bucks at a Nike outlet, and we'll still pass because we think we're going to see them for thirty bucks. Yeah, you have another point there too. I have, <laughs> dude. I, I I went to a Nike outlet one time looking at a pair of uh, Air Max two hundreds. They're brown and blue. Nobody likes those. Blah blah blah. That's why they're at the outlet. They were thirty dollars. I skipped on them three times in a row. Air Max two hundred. You said. Yeah, and then finally bought them at twenty five dollars. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a. I mean, like, there's so many pairs that that I just looked at and said, okay, well, I'll pick those up when they're ten dollars cheaper, just because I knew, you know, I really didn't even want them. Right. I think that's what I was doing with those, and like, I really do like the color combo, but the shoes just kind of like, eh, all right, it's a shoe. Right, right. Yeah, those two hundreds. Those aren't. Yeah, I can pass on those. Right? Yeah, they're they're not the greatest, but I got a shirt that they match perfectly, so it works really nice. I think I saw a denim pair that I kind of liked about them. But that, but that brings up another point. The, the other post I made about the six days ago about the, the P-Rods, uh, the, what, the, what the Paul Dunk loves. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, when those came out, that's all I fucking saw. That's all I saw on my feet for like at least two or three weeks. That's all yeah. I saw was just fucking... P-Rod, P-Rod, P-Rod. Oh, I'm a skater. I've been a skater forever. I love P-Rod. And, and, and 
I mean, like I, I have yet to see a pair come across my feed since then. You know, and everyone, I mean, I'm still getting a lot of comments on this post today. Uh, and everyone's saying, oh, well, you don't see them in the street. No, I don't see them in the street. Oh, you didn't see them at the at the uh, sneaker con. No, I don't see it. And seeing something at sneaker con is a lot different than like seeing it on social media. I mean, just about anything you see on social media is going to be a sneaker con. I mean, the, the, I've, I find I've, I've like zero interest whatsoever in going to sneaker conventions because it's every single table has the exact same shit. That's exactly. what I was thinking, too. So, I mean, like if I saw the sneaker con, I would not. That, that's not what I count as like being dope, you know, like that's not my thing. Like it, it's just not like I would much rather go to like a, a, a sneaker museum, like an antiques kind of store. Like th this stuff is sure. seeing the same pair of shoes that came out six months ago, you know, see the same hundred pairs of shoes. I, it just no interest to me. No interest. No, me either. I don't go to them. Like if it's a, if it's like a flea market type deal, like it's marketed like a flea market. Yeah. I'm going to go. Cause there's going to be some random ass shit there. But like, if it's just like, oh, sneaker convention, and you can bring all of your sneakers and sneak around in them, yes, sneaker. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. You, y'all can keep that. You just sneak around in your sneakers, yeah. Yes, yeah, sneaker. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I, I, I don't know. But the, I mean, that that's kind of the signifier of when when shit starts to go downhill, right? Mm -hmm. Is when it reaches this peak fever pitch, and then all of a sudden it's just it ain't it's not talked about at all. I mean, the, the, the Ben and Jerry's dunks, those stuck around for a good year in my feed, you know? And it, I mean, obviously the Ben and Jerry's thing is, I haven't seen those in a while in my feed, but like they were real popular. Oh, it was too much. Like I went and finally like had a, a rep pair in hand and was happy to have them. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I don't care about these anymore. I, I got that same feel. Like I really liked them when they dropped, but like... I, I, I kind of had an opportunity to get a pair and I, I, I was just looking at them and I was like, there's, I, I will never wear these more than once. Like, them shits I, are hard to wear. They, they look dope and I love the, you know, the concept. I think it's, you know, great. And I remember one guy complaining, what is, what does Ben and Jerry's have to do with skateboarding? And I remember like, dude, when I was a kid, we skateboarded at 7-Eleven and for our breaks, we would go inside and get Ben and Jerry's and fucking sit yeah. there and eat it on the curb. And then we'd skate some more. Like that's mm -hmm. what Ben and Jerry's has to do with skating is actually eating Ben and Jerry's when you're skating. Like I, I thought that was that was kind of funny, but uh, that was that was almost like the apex of the apex. This is kind of the apex of the fall, it seems to me. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a, a dope looking pair. I really like the you know, I like the the different color soles and the you know, I, I really like what the shoes to begin with. Yeah, me too. I mean, I always like looking at them and they just get harder and harder to wear as I get older. Absolutely. I couldn't wear these. I mean, I might wear them once or twice. But... <laughs> oh, the What the Pauls, dude, I, I wear the fuck out of those ones because there's practically no neon green. Oh, you can't deal with the neon green? Not anymore. I'm, I'm Dude, I, I was all about it for a while. Like, I have a I have a Volt Green Michael Kors hoodie and everything. I used to wear it all the time. And then I was just like, oof, my eyeballs, they need a break. <laughs> but they do have like hot pink and they have yellow. I mean, there's Too enough much. stuff here that's, yeah, there's enough stuff here to get you, you know, get you super excited. I mean, dude, I've like, I always, the first time I saw a pair of what does it, it was, it was the LeBron 11s, I think. Um, I found them on a Facebook group for 50 bucks. Did you buy them? And I was like, I did. I, thought, uh, I still have them. 
speaking of LeBrons, I think the nines, elevens, and yeah, I think it's nines and elevens are probably the most unique LeBrons out there. I really like those ones. Yeah, the elevens are good and the twelves are okay. The LeBron, uh, what the okay, yeah, the, the eleven premium, what the LeBrons. That was such a unique shape, and 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 they were like they were kind of like. Uh, they had like these jagged edges on them. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've owned a lot of these pairs and I put them on once and uh, they're just, they're not made for people like me. They're not made for people, dude. Oh my yeah, God. Like They're made for fucking dudes like LeBron who, who just steamrolled to the basket. I mean, they're not really made for like guards. The only pair of LeBrons that I own are the John Elliott LeBrons. And I think I, I got them. Yeah, I got them for like 40 bucks. I was like, Same. Did you get the pink ones? No, I got the tan ones, or the gold, whatever color they call. Yeah, called. I got the pink. I think it's it's a good looking shoe, man. I like them, dude. And yeah, I paid I think sixty dollars for my pair at the outlet, and I was like, dude, this is a quality shoe. Like, I'm happy. It's fully worth it, and it doesn't look like it doesn't feel like the LeBron performance models. No, not at all. It's a very, very much a lifestyle shoe. Yeah, it's dope. Huh. All right, so are we getting off track? Where are we? Dude, we always get off track, but that's part of what's cool about this is we're we're very organic about this. If we get off track, we get off track. Um, so the only other thing I wanted to t- touch on as far as the posts go was, uh, I think, what, today? Today's post. What was today's post? Oh, today's one. post was the, uh, what you can call them, the Iowa's, the reverse golden rods, whatever, some yellow Wu-tangs. and black dunks. The Wu-Tangs, yep. yep, if you want to call them that. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's four comparison, four different pairs in the comparisons between the details of them. And, you yeah. know, the question pretty much was just which of these four is the real one and which ones are the shit ass ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody in the, I mean, there's one person in the comments who got it right. It's telling for two things. Uh, one is that, I mean, most people don't even really look this deep Two, like the inconsistency doesn't fucking matter. It just, it doesn't matter. Like, I think that the, the, the tab, you know, the back tab, which everyone's talking about, I mean, who gives a shit? I've seen super long tabs. I've seen super short tabs on, on both real and fake. I've seen uh, boxy toes on real. I've seen boxy toes on fake. I mean, but mm-hmm. to answer the question, uh, the first one's a real one. Uh, the second one is the H12. And then we have two other pairs of fakes that are just kind of ass fakes, right? Just those are definitely ass fakes. They're what? So those are definitely ass fakes. Yeah, but they're still. I mean, like to me, they're still like comparable. You know, like what? What is anybody going to point out? I mean, the only thing that looks really bad on on any of these is is the back tab on the far right one. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, that's the only thing that looks bad, and that's I've seen a million fucking pairs with crooked stitching that are real, you know, yep. like in that, it, that, I mean, this isn't even consistent amongst real pairs. So like, I always found that funny, dude. Like, like when you look at education pairs, fake education pairs or uh, pairs that people do comparisons with, I mean, they're doing it from one fake manufacturer, one pair from one fake manufacturer. They're not even doing it from like sizes. Right. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like, I don't even know how it's, oh, fucking going to a restaurant and comparing two hamburgers. I mean, like the one you made, you know, uh, five minutes ago 
has slightly less fat content than the one that you just made. They're clearly not the same hamburger, but they come from the exact same fucking source. Right. And it's like, to me, that's kind of the level of stuff that we're dealing with is that, I mean, this is, this, this is actually organic material as well, right? Leather is organic matter, right? Yes, sir. Stitching. I don't know what the stitching is. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's some kind of um, plastic stitching, uh, or maybe it's cotton stitching. I mean, I don't know polyester stitching, sorry, or cotton stitching. Like this is still organic matter, right? Like, like, how are we going to sit there and look at two pieces of organic matter and say, oh, this one's clearly this when this piece is clearly that. And it's like, no, n- neither of them are clearly anything like other than the fact that they're fucking, they're yellow and they're stitched. Up. Yeah. It's just, it's just so dumb, but it's funny that the level at which people kind of take this stuff. Dude, that's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. People really take it so seriously and, and take it down to the smallest, smallest detail. And yes, you will find differences if you're looking that hard for them. And those differences don't even reflect what it is that you're trying to reflect from them. Exactly. You're, you're, you are inferring some information that you really shouldn't from these these details that differ. But people like, I mean, people eat this shit up. Like people love this stuff. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did a test, right? I did a test because this is a, another test that I was trying to run. I, you know, I posted uh, my Giannis pick this morning um, of the final pick of my, my, my uh, cards before I go live. That got 53 likes over the course of eight hours. And now I post a pick of some fakes and I get uh, 211 likes over the course of uh, two hours. Right. So what is it that, I, I guess I'm kind of doing some real world um, market research, right? Just in the moment market research that nobody yeah. gives a shit about what I'm creating. What they care about is finding minute differences between uh, organic material. <laughs> yeah, I th- they like that better. Yeah, they, they don't want you to make stuff. They want you to compare organic materials. That shit is so wild. Like the I, organic materials savant. <sighs> I, I I mean, I guess I, I I get it, I guess, to a degree. I mean, everyone's just so brainwashed with the the sneakers that this is just kind of how the, the, the world is gone. But um, I don't know. Anyway, I got my cards coming. Got my cards coming tomorrow. A lot of people are asking about them. Yeah, y'all got to go get your cards, man. I got mine. Go get your cards. Yeah, I gave, I gave a, a couple early links out to a couple people. Teehee. Um, so I did actually make sales the day before on these. Uh, whoop, whoop. I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I should keep on doing them. You know, like, should I do another set? Should I, should I keep on pushing? I mean, because we, after all the trouble that I've gone through to get this set here and to see how much trouble I've had, just, just like marketing it and, and trying to see if I could sell it. Like, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's totally worth it anymore. I mean, it's, it's a ton of effort with very little reward. Right. You know, I mean, it, to me, like it's it's dope, and and you know, you you hold on to it, and you go, well, somebody really put a lot of effort in this, right? Like that's what this is to me. But I don't know, maybe people just don't care about the things that I care about in the same way, you know? Yeah, I think the biggest problem right now is is getting people to care 
about something that isn't just a physical item that they're going to be receiving, you know, that they, they are appreciating, like you're saying there, that all of the time and thought and effort and stuff that went into creating something like this. Um, I think it's that's the problem is getting people to appreciate that and not just expect them to get way more than their money's worth for what they bought from you. Well, that's I mean, that, that almost it almost also thinks like that makes me think like this whole what's gone on with economy in the past year. It's like people don't even fuck with shit unless they think they're going to make money. off it. Yep. Like, look at Top Shot, like Top Shot. Could you imagine being in the position of, of a top shot exec? Like what, what they went through, I would not wish that on like anybody. <laughs> I mean, dude, they 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 were like nothing for a minute. And then suddenly uh New York Times makes an article about them about how dudes made millions of dollars off them. And then they get three hundred million dollars or some shit in funding. And they blow up so big that nobody can get their hands on a release for, I don't know, maybe a month. And then everybody gives up on them and the market just completely withers. And all of this happened within the span of about six months. Like what, well, it's insane. And then I saw they, they sent me an email yesterday. I'm looking at their email and and they they felt the need to bring in Quavo. Like that's going to get me to give a shit. You know what I mean? Isn't that like one of the Migos? That is one of the Migos. And, and I mean, like, uh, what did I get involved? I mean, I got involved in top shot for the exact same reason. I, I wouldn't even consider it getting involved in it. I fucking bought a pack because I just wanted to see what it was about. And I bought a pack and I hit some massive card or something. Somebody told me I hit some massive card uh, or massive moment. And then I tried to buy like five more times. And then I was just like, fuck this. This is so stupid. And I'm, I obviously was not alone because now packs last. I mean, I don't even think they sell out packs anymore. I mean, that's like, that's like the version, this is the real world version of a one hit wonder. Like on Twitter, on NFT Twitter, like you can't fucking give these things away now. Really? I mean, like at its peak, I think I sold like a, uh, some European dude. I don't even know what his name is. Zoran Drop. I don't even know what his fucking name is, but I sold one for like 60 bucks. And I was like, wow, people are buying Zoran Drop. I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name for 60 bucks. You know, like, I mean, all of this getting back to the point that like people really don't want to fuck with stuff unless they think they can just resell it. And that's, it's, it's, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but like, it's a very propped up economy of, of, you know, the creator economy is just like, what is it exactly? Is it just for people to resell on top of, or is it like, for people to appreciate the work that other people put in. And don't, don't get me wrong. I know that there's plenty of people out there who appreciate the work that went into these sets. And I, I, I know who those people are because they actually like reach out to me. And I think that that's fucking awesome. If, if somebody hit these in a discord group, like if somebody was like some, some cook, some discord cook group and said, Oh, y'all need to get on this, you know, and then they sell out. And I mean, would there be money involved at that point? Would there be resellability? Would, would it be something that, you know, people would then bend over backwards to get and then not realize that it takes me six months to get a set out and then lose interest immediately right after. Like I, the way I've been kind of looking at it is, is if I make my money back, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I think like what, what you might be able to do is kind of take the Nike approach to it and have the sets ready in your hand and then begin hyping them. 
that's what I, that's what I did. But also, I mean, you know, like I also t- like talking about sneakers and, and when I'm just talking about the sets, it gets a bit, it gets a bit, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I lose half my audience with that. You know, I lose more than half my audience, which is when I'm just talking about the cards, which is, it's just weird. I don't know. I think that, that these, these cards are hitting really, really well for certain people and completely missing the mark for others. Um, yeah. And the, the people that it's missing the mark for are the people that didn't grow up cracking packs, the people that didn't really spend time playing or collecting a trading card game, but they may have been into sneakers and stuff like that. And it's still a collection type deal. But I think that it's the people that didn't grow up playing a trading card game or collecting a trading card game that are having trouble finding a reason to purchase these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd agree. I, I, and what you said about, you know, it really hits the mark for certain people. Like, and then those are, you know, those are the people that I'm kind of, yeah, those are the people I'm doing it for. I mean, that, you know, I mean, obviously I'm doing it for myself, but. I mean, it's really dope when, you know, I was in the sneaker history and these dudes are just like, oh, this set was great. That was great. Look at this pack. Look at these cards. And I mean, that that's that's a pretty good feeling. You know, we put a lot of effort into this, me and uh, Sons. And then, you know, yeah. my boy, boy in China who um, helped me with the communication barrier. But um, I don't know. I just have to kind of reassess after this. Should I keep putting my effort into cards or should I start putting them into, you know, digital stuff that I've been working on as well, the NFT stuff and the uh crypto collectibles because I, I i mean i really think like all of this stuff kind of it merges together and it's just mm-hmm. crypto stuff is it's there's more i don't want to say authenticity there's more provenance with it than there is with cards and cards are great because you can hold them but cards are also kind of a pain in the butt because you can hold them and you can bend them and something could happen uh yeah. you know you just don't want to deal with them like i don't want to deal with them and, and take them with me all over the place and i don't want to carry them with me all over the place well, I think that we should get on a way, uh, you and I will talk about this sometime soon, about a way to get on, you know, the seamless merger of the two. You know, right, you've right, got a li- little bit of physical, a little bit of digital, and you know, you'll get it all figured out. Yeah, I mean, and with the next stuff that I'm working on too, like I'm working on the, the I don't want to say the interoperability, interoperability but uh, merging actual physical sneakers with NFTs, you know, kind of like what Artifact's doing, but in a, in a, more sneakerhead centric way. I mean, artifact, sure. they, they do the thing from a gaming perspective. Uh, I yeah. want to do uh, my thing from a uh, sneakerhead perspective. Yep. Anything else? You sound, uh, you sound, you sound like your mind is elsewhere with this. <laughs> well, no, I was just uh, trying to get some shit off of my desk for a second here because I keep knocking into things and making noises that I will later have to edit out. <laughs> oh, I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> So let's talk about you for a minute. All right, my man, what you got? So I didn't write anything down. This is just probably what I would talk to if I met you in person. But yeah. uh, there's a couple questions because a, a lot of people ask me how I started a podcast. And I tell them that uh, there's this dude, um, Shoof, who hit me up and told me that I should do a podcast. And for about six months, I was dodging him. Now, this is almost a self-serving question, but why did you think that this would be a good podcast to start and what made you think that what uh, I was doing in particular um, would make a good podcast and uh, was this something that you had wanted to do beforehand? All right. So to, to start actually going backward, um, no, I had never, I had never wanted to do a podcast. 
this isn't something that I was like, hey, man, I really want to sit and spit my opinion into a microphone in a room alone. Yeah. No, I, I never really thought about doing that. But um, to go back, I started following you a couple years back when you were posting about them, Jeter 11s. And this has come up a few times on the podcast. We have an episode working on the whole saga behind those, so stay tuned for that, guys. But um, I started following you then. And I noticed at the beginning of the post, I honestly think you came up on like my Explore page or sponsored ads or some dumb shit like that. No idea how I actually found you. But mm-hmm. I did find those posts, and I noticed that they were numbered. And I was like, oh, there's going to be more to this. It's not just this one like one-off post about some weird snippet of a story about very obscure shoes. Um, I'm like, there's going to be more to this. I clicked the follow button specifically for that and nothing else. I wasn't. I didn't look at your page. I didn't go to anything like that. I clicked for that post and waited for more of those posts. Were you looking at other sneakers at the time? Um, yeah. Other so- sneaker accounts? Yes, I, I was. Um, I actually got into sneakers like a year and a half, two years before I found you on the Instagram. Um, it was a it was a whole thing that actually got me into sneakers. I never really cared about it when I was a kid. Um, that's but, what I want. That's that's my next question after this. After you answer this one is how you got into sneakers. Oh, cool. You're going to love that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, um, I just I kept paying attention to this Jeter post and it was more and more information and it was presented in a long form text post with, you know, obviously there's images to go along with it, but you had presented it as a long form text post. And that was something I had just never seen on Instagram. It was people just trying to condense it to 10 words. Like I like shoes and you should too. Mm -hmm. Hashtag shoes. Right. Yours was a whole deal. It was a story. Uh, Like you felt like a real person. Like there was actually a person behind the Instagram account. So I just kept reading that shit and it kept feeling more and more like a real person. And I was like, Hey, what if, what if homeboy recorded all this and talked at people? Hey dude, you should record a podcast and talk at people. (laughs) And you were like, yeah, good idea. Go away. I was like, okay. Heard a few months later. Hey man, do you want to start a podcast? He was like, yeah, good idea. Go away. All right. Bye. That didn't do that. Come no, on. it was it, it was not like that. I am exaggerating. I'm it's is hyperbole. He was not like that. He was very, very nice about it. Just like, yeah, that's a good idea. I should. Um but yeah, it was just it was that series of posts that made me think that I should push you a little harder to to get your voice out there because you tell a good story, you remember the details, and and if there's questions, you have answers. You're not just like, well, I don't fucking know. I feel that way. Well, that's uh, that's kind of also why I think that, that I've been able to build somewhat of an audience on Instagram is, is because I, I didn't really understand what Instagram was for. Right. Right. Like I thought like, like, I mean, it's weird. When I go to my Explore page, I only see two things. And I, I mean, I know everyone's Explore page is different, but like I get, I actually get like offended when I look at my Explore page. Same. Because it's just, it's a bunch of fucking pictures of the exact same sneakers that are coming out next week or came out last week and it's pictures and it's and it's fucking reels of women dancing right and that's all it is that's fucking all it is is last week's sneakers and reels of women dancing are reels used for anything else now at this point i mean like i have yet to see like any reels other than you know i did a few dope reels when i released the kobe's but like 
all it is is fucking chicks shaking their ass and smiling. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I have to hit, don't bother me with this anymore. Like all the time, all the time. And they still, it's just the same shit every time. I don't get it. Like, anyway, so that's funny that you, you found me through the Explorer page because, I mean, at that point, I mean, my account was almost all but dead. Yeah, you, you were you were saying uh, on a couple episodes ago that that was like your, the Jeter thing was your your attempt to come back. Like, yo, maybe I should start, you know, putting some effort into this. Oh, uh, you know what? That's funny because I think that first the first Jeter post, I want to say I reached out to a bunch of my friends in real life. I reached out to probably twenty friends in real life, and I said, "Hey, can you just comment on this? Sure, you know, just comment whatever comes to mind. Just comment on this." And I bet that that's what it was. I bet that gaming the system in that way is how that got to the explore page. And I remember specifically asking my buddy, uh, my buddy Victor, if he could uh, comment on it. He's like, yeah, what do you want to say? I'm like, whatever the hell you want to say. You know, and yeah. then I looked at his comment later, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting or something like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that that's why that thing popped off. Yeah. So I'm looking at, I went back to your to page to, to check the, uh, the Jeter history there. And it was a uh, post number two. It was, you got big across the whole photo, $21,000 fakes. And I was like, Ooh. Oh, ooh, I you know, that. yeah. That makes me think too. Stock X posted. This dude stock X posted, posted that on a story. Yep. So that's how it got to me. Okay. All right. From yeah. post number two. Interesting. It's, so there we go. It's, it's interesting what a well-placed promotional uh, post will do. Right. So, yep. Um, one of the things I decided to do with this particular release set, uh, I sent boxes to, or I sent packs to Sean Weatherspoon, uh, Jay Balvin, Brendan Dunn, uh, Killer Mike, uh, Ronnie, I don't even know, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, Ronnie Feig, Ronnie Fig, Feig, whatever, however you pronounce his name, and um, there was one more. Oh, Ben Baller. My man. I sent I sent card sets to these guys. Oh, and Lil Yachty, um, of course, because he reposted me last time, in hopes that they, they, they could help me drive uh, the sale of these cards or at least just repost them. Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm really kind of trying to go all out to, to, to see if we can get this one going. Dude, but, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, dude. I know. And some of these I just Googled addresses. Like I, I sent to I sent to Killer Mike's Barbershop. Um, and I did send him a message though. I said, yo, I got a package coming your way. And he gave me a, uh, a thanks hands and said 100 or whatever. I mean, I've talked oh, with these guys no. in the DMs before. Um, and I've sold to Sean Witherspoon and, and Ronnie in the past. So I had their addresses. Uh, but anyway, back to you. Tell me how you got into shoes. All right. So the, the saga of how Shoof got into shoes. Um, we're going to go back to 2013. I had just... Uh, I just quit my, my job in the food industry for the like third time um, to start blowing glass. I wanted to make pipes. I was like, and, and how that came about was also through Instagram. I was just shooting the shit on Instagram one day, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Local glass blower comes up, his page comes up, and he's got a really cool piece available for really cheap. So I was like, awesome. I'm going to hit this dude up, and I'm going to buy the thing. Hit the dude up, buy the thing. He comes over. He delivers it to me. I We hung out for a little bit, and then he says, hey, man, if you ever want to come by the studio, let me know. And I was like, I'm not even going to wait to tell you. I would like to come by the studio. When can I come? He's like, I'll see you tomorrow. 
So I go over there, blah, 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 got into glass blowing. Fast forward about a year. I am in Chicago at, uh, at Maeve Gallery. And we are, me and my buddy Luda, he's a big glass artist, uh, both physically and popularity wise. <laughs> he, uh, you know, we, we all get into Chicago and we meet up at the, meet up at the Maid Gallery because he's having a gallery showing there. We're just, the party's going off and people are just walking around looking at the art. And Luda pulls me aside and he says, hey man, what is the difference between you and everybody else here? I was like, um, I have literally no clue, dude. I couldn't tell you. He goes, well, you've got the money. You've got the pipes. You, you've got you've got everything except what? I was like, I don't, dude, I have no clue. He goes, look down. And I look down, and I'm wearing a beat-ass pair of Adidas Superstars. This is like, this is like white girl forces beat. Right, right. He goes, okay, now look at everybody else's shoes. Everybody's in Jordans, clean dunks, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're in nice shoes. Like, they thought to put on a nice pair of shoes to come to a gallery showing. I didn't. I thought, well, I brought my wallet to buy pieces. That's what I needed at this gallery showing. Turns out, according to him, I needed a better pair of sneakers. And lucky for me, Made Gallery is half pipe store and half shoe store. Nice. Bingo. So he points me at a pair of puss head dunks. Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, I could see you in those. And it was $300. I was like, I don't got $300 for shoes. I brought money for glass, not shoes. I couldn't justify it. I hadn't, there was no way. And he goes, fine. But I'm telling you, if you buy a nicer pair of sneakers, you're going to get treated better around here. Yeah. And I didn't believe him. I was, like I said, I came up not caring about sneakers. I wore what I wore. Um, and I wore them to death until I physically needed a new pair, not just wanted a new pair. The next stop after that was Vegas for the next showing. And we end up in Vegas. And my girl at the time, she's like, okay, we're going to buy you shoes. I was like, no. She goes, no, we're going to buy you shoes. Start looking at shoes. And apparently I was not allowed to not buy a nice pair of Nikes. So I picked out a pair of Friday the 13th LeBron 13s. Those are horrid shoes. They're cool, but the silhouette itself is oh, just yeah, horrid. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I wore the crap out of it. And that was my, that was right there. What got me into sneakers was putting my foot into that $200 pair of sneakers and not feeling bad. Yeah. There's something that happens when you, you take pride in, in what you're wearing. And I mean, I, that's interesting. When I was a kid, man, I remember I, I, I was friends with this. Uh, I wasn't really friends with him, but this, this neighborhood kid came over and we, we had to do some homework and he left a piece of paper on accident. It like fell out from his book and it was on the floor of my house. And then he left and I saw the piece of paper and it was basically two people sitting across from each other at a table. One person was um, looking at the other and the other one had like a, it almost looked like a, a big old fruit basket on their feet. And the person who was sitting across from them had a, a thought bubble above their head. And it said, uh, I judge people by the footwear they, they have on or something like that. Yeah. And it always, it always stuck in my mind. It's the dumbest thing, but it was like, people do that. Like people absolutely judge the way you look and they prejudge the way you look. And they make a whole hell of a lot of connections based on what you're wearing. 
right? Respect, I mean, like, shoes. Yeah, shoes are, I mean, to me, like, I know there are a lot of people who are really into hats and uh, I always think, okay, so those are the people who, who, who are always looking up, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, I think about like me, like I always kind of grew up kind of looking on the ground for money or, you know, yeah, change sure. or I'm looking for bugs or I'm looking for animals or something in the woods or I'm looking for this or that. And I'm always looking down, you know, when I'm walking, like I'm, I'm looking down a lot. I'm walking, maybe that's not good for the city city life but like i always I, I i go from the foot up some people go from the you know the the head down right but i go from the foot up like if you no, it's foot up yeah, yeah I, I think some people i don't know it is interesting though because uh like i'm watching this whole hat club thing i'm kind of watching it from a distance and watching people they're applying the same principles to sneakers as they do with this hat club thing and watching people kind of take it from that it's the same same exact principles there limited drops limited hat drops and raffles and you know hats that sell for all kinds of money and to me like i'm not interested at all like i got you know i got my little hats that i like and maybe i'm getting judged the same way that you know i judge people with their 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 shoes yeah you might man they might be looking at you like yo he ain't got to fit it on fuck that guy yeah and i mean i wear like you know i wear my little ebbets field hats and it's they're like grandpa hats yeah but anyway that's cool. So, okay. So LeBron 13s are the first ones you got. And I was going to say LeBron 13s, that's a, I don't know that I would wear that silhouette, but I think that that's a dope silhouette. I think that that's a really good for um, LeBron, uh, you know, and the, the style with which he plays. I like how it, it almost has like an Air Max Plus, um, you know, it has that heel and then it kind of, it, it slopes down a little bit. Like I think yep. some of those LeBron 13s look fucking, I mean, brolic. Like I like the shoes that have all the padding on them. I like them that make it look like they're 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 tanks. You that know? was a good way to put it, brolic. They're very. I mean, they look like they have muscles. These fucking yeah. shoes oh, yeah. look like they have muscles. And you look at a lot of the ones now, you know, with the, all the fly knit and all the um, elastic, they just don't look that brolic. Like these, they're look all brolic. the same shoe. Like basketball yeah. shoes at this point are all the same shoe. The PG, oh, the Kyrie, the Giannis, like these are all the same freaking shoe. Yeah, it's hard to tell the difference between them. And that's kind of the problem with having so many different signature athletes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just how do you how do you make each one look a little bit different? Um, what's your uh, ultimate grail? My ultimate grail, uh, Coraline Dunks. Shit, Coraline Dunks. The highs, huh? You love yeah, but, but the ones that came with the props. There right. was two Ooh. releases. Yeah. There's ones that came in a big ass wooden box. I want the big ass wooden box ones. Mm-hmm. You love but the wooden what? box, man. Oh man, I love the anything that comes in a special ass box. But like, you know, I'm not gonna go spending what what was it five six hundred dollar difference between special box Travis and regular box Travis? Like, no, I don't do that. I'll take the regular box. But there's no, something funny. very special about those. These core lines, this is a, this all came out at the same period. Like this came out around the time that the Paranorman uh, phone posits came out. Uh, the Kubo Jordan 15s came out where there was like this little time period where Nike was doing all these promotional things with, um, with movies and a lot of the box sets, they're, they're, they're really dope. I saw this, I saw this particular pair uh, for sale in my local Facebook group, uh, Bash, Bay Area, Sneakerheads. And I want to say it was like, dude was asking like 200 bucks and i was like yeah i'll get it i'll get it he, he was like oh you're, you're one person too late Damn. but that's funny i do like the um the button that these have on it the button mm-hmm. thing 
Uh, I, yeah, I'm just not into dunk highs. I think these would look really good as a low, though, especially with that they would. Well, I thought that all four of those shoes, like um, that they did for the Leica films, because for anybody that doesn't know, Phil Knight's actually a, a part owner in Leica. Oh, okay. Um, Is that, oh, that right? Isn't this Sun? Maybe that's it. I think there's a connection from Phil Knight at Nike to the Leica Film Studios, and that's why there's been four different Leica-themed shoes now: the Coraline Highs, the know. Missing Link Air Maxes, the Kubo 15s, and whatever the fuck the other one was—the Paranorman uh, foams. There you go. Yeah, his son's his son's name is Travis Knight. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're right. So that that so it's his son that that has it. Portland Film Studio, so he probably funds it. So that makes a lot of sense right there. I, I definitely heard that somewhere, but I don't remember it. So Coraline Dunks are your grail. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one pair, it's got to be the got to be the Coraline Dunks. So, what do you like most about podcasting? What do you like most about doing this? I think honestly, it's been the uh, the schedule. It's been <laughs> having something that I know I got to do on every Saturday and or Sunday. Just talk. Yeah, it's because like I've I've we back when the pandemic started, I dropped out of the food industry for good for finally um, because I just had it up to my nipples in being mistreated. Mm-hmm. So by 86, and I was like, I'm going to start believing in myself. I'm going to take some time to clear out my brain and clean everything up and, and come back fresh with a new game plan and a new business that's mine and mine alone that I have all the control over um, so that I never run into these same issues of roadblocks because of other people again I, I i agree with you it's it's having uh it's almost having like some kind of purpose to just get you going you know it's the, mm-hmm. i'm looking at all these articles that's saying you know instead of going back to work people are quitting their jobs after the pandemic and it i mean it comes down to like if you want to do something you you really just kind of I mean, what it takes, like some days you're just not feeling it, but like what it takes is just dedication, actually getting it done. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's good that we do have a schedule on this because some days, like I, I would say almost last week, like I, I, I don't know if I was feeling it last week when we did this. And it sounds like you were in a different headspace when we started this today, because I think you were dealing with the FedEx thing. Right after that. Yeah. It sounded like you were in kind of a different world and i mean like i get like this too sometimes especially with my kids you know screaming at me daddy come do this come do that and then i'm like no i gotta go do this phone call and they've only walked in here four times since the phone call started and i'm you know gesticulating at, at them widely telling them to get out of the room but uh, <laughs> no it's good it's it's good i think i think consistency really matters in this space and it matters when you're trying to do something and you just you know because no matter what i mean successful or not just getting it going is is like that's like 80 percent of it is just fucking showing up yeah you just gotta start it and do it like i remember texting you a couple weeks ago about editing i was like dude i don't want to fucking edit this today i really don't but work is working this needs to be done we said it's coming out on tuesday at 5 pst so we better get this out (laughs) yeah and we i mean there are people actually hit me up and text me and ask me when it's coming out and and i I mean probably my favorite podcast of the last couple years is that how neil feel with neil brennan and uh I don't know the other, her name's Bianca something. I don't know her last name, but Neil Brennan was the um, co-writer of Chappelle show. Uh, he's this total nerdy white guy, but he, he has a lot of really good insight on race and show business. Anyway, like Tuesdays are when his shit drops and I'm always looking forward to it. And for the last three weeks, it hasn't dropped. And it's like, I almost feel like I don't have, 
I don't have a friend anymore. You know what I mean? That yeah. friend who I was listening to and interact, just listening to talk and just, I mean, it's almost devastating. It sucks. Like I, I now I have to go look for other podcasts and, and let someone <laughs> else into my ears. You know what I mean? It, it's weird. Yeah. Breakup. Yes. Anyway, uh, I really don't have all, I don't really have any more questions. Anything else you want to uh, share? Yeah, actually, I would like to do a little bit of self promo on the, uh, on the business I just launched. Like I said, I had quit my job in the food industry and I wanted to start doing some shit for myself, start kind of just doing whatever the hell I wanted and not listening to many other people. So I started a website that I sell my art on. You can go to buyshoof.com. That's B-Y-S-H-O-E-F.com. Uh, you can check out all my art that's on there. I've got some clothing, hats, and you know, canvases, 3D printed stuff. There's a bunch of random nonsense on there. Um, but I think that's really all I wanted to add as far as, you know, the shoof side of things goes. And now that I'm done with the self-promotion, we can wrap up this week's episode of Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. And I have a quick correction from last week. I wanted to apologize um, to San Kofa. Our, our intro drop was written and performed by San Kofa. San Kofa, not Sankova, as I stated. So thanks to the man. Go check him out at San Kofa FW. That's S-A-N-K-O-F-A-F-W. Thank you for listening, and we will catch y'all next week.